how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we are back with another review, and it's beyond the limits of our normal reviews. It's beyond the uh, Black Rainbow, also the name of the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, we've, we've gone looking for true enlightenment, and we found this. Um, is it what we were hoping for? I don't know. We'll find out. We found it in self-isolation in the Arborea Institute. <laughs> we have. And we're going to find out, I guess, if this fits into our grimdark category, which we're trying to figure out as well while we're going. <laughs> I don't know if it does. <laughs> I, I would say kind of loosely, maybe. Like, I'd say the argument can be made, but it's not as grimdark as the last movie. Anyways, we're going to spoil this movie like crazy beyond the Black Rainbow. I don't know how we could even talk about it without spoiling it. I'm not even sure like what kind of spoilers there are in this, honestly. Everything's a spoiler. Uh, listen beyond at your own risk if you haven't watched the movie. Or watch it and come back, so. Yeah. Y you may just want to listen. <laughs> not watch. Oh my, I think Dan has uh, played his hand earlier, but we'll see. <laughs> Anyways, Beyond the Black Rainbow was released in 2010, and it is uh, directed and written by uh, Panos Cosmatos. I think that's how you say his name. But this guy did a more recent movie called Mandy, um, which you may also know because it had Nicolas Cage like, going nuts in that movie um it's kind of a, a a big deal because of that but this was his first movie beyond the black rainbow and i think it's kind of cool that this guy was the son of the dude who did rambo 2 right yeah 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 and he like helped and did camera work on the shoots and stuff so he's been like raised by a director as well you know he's the son of one I think I saw his mom was also a like surreal artist. Interesting. That would make some sense. Yeah, that would make some sense because this guy makes some trippy movies. Um, Beyond the Black Rainbow, uh, just kind of a quick synopsis of it. Despite being under heavy sedation, a young woman tries to make her way out of the Aboria Institute, a secluded quasi-future commune. Um, I read that straight from IMDb. <laughs> Tries? I, it's more like she just decides to leave and then leaves. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. But uh, I would say the movie doesn't even really follow her a lot. It follows this other guy who's not mentioned, um, and his name's Barry Niles. He's like a researcher here but he's also the one who's like holding her captive and he also like kind of wants her sexually <laughs> he wants something from her i don't know it it's a very strange movie and it has a very strange like narrative structure and some strange shots but some awesome music and some awesome shots i'm gonna argue as well i love the vibe of certain parts of this movie I'd agree, yeah. I think the visuals and the music are probably the strongest point for me, for sure. Just It looks so cool. It's got such a strong style. The colors are super intense, and it looks super retro as well. Synthy music, 
pretty cool. Yeah. We were talking before we, it started. I didn't realize this was in 2010. I thought this was like an 80s, late 80s or 90s movie just from the way it looks. Like, you, they, he fooled me. It looks like one of them movies. It doesn't look modern at all. I think I saw that he shot this on 35 mil. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, that film grain just looks perfect in this. Man. It is cool. It's like a what I would describe as an alternate, like, dreamlike 80s experience. But, like, trippy 80s. Because you have, like, the cool synth, but it, like, pushes it further than some of the 80s movies synth. And, like, the lighting is really intense. And it, it just kind of feels like a dream alternate reality 80s movie a little bit in the vibe, for me at least. Like an acid trip, almost. That's <laughs> kind of yes. what it feels like. It's like this dark tunnel that you just fall into, and you're like, I don't understand anything. <laughs> it is a tunnel. This guy makes movies for people who are on drugs when they watch him. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> I mean, I like Mandy. I was never on drugs when I watched that. No, no, I'm, I'm not saying you have to be on drugs to appreciate it. But I'm saying, like, it comes across as, like, if you were on drugs and watched this, your mind would be, like, blown. Because it, it just gives off that vibe. Yeah, that's true. Definitely say he makes good use of modern techniques. You know, I made the unfortunate decision to attempt to watch Inferno by Dario Argento a while back. You know, but I think it has some pretty striking similarities with that heavy synth music and that just oozing purple-pink-red light everywhere. But I gotta say, it's one of the worst movies I've ever chosen not to finish. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty horrible. But this... This did all those things the right way and put them in the right place. There was no heavy synth in the taxi. There was no red light, like in this guy's house while he's just hanging out. I, don't, I felt like it was all used appropriately in the correct place. At least the light and music, I mean. There's some other things that might have been a little odd. I was going to bring up Argento too, Fox. It feels like... He took a lot of inspiration from Suspiria for this movie in places like when she <laughs> decides to leave the Institute <laughs> and she's just walking around and stuff. That felt very much like Suspiria to me with the color choices and the music and like all the weird stuff she encounters. That felt very much in the vein of Suspiria. I love that. Those scenes where she's walking around the, like, Institute, the Arborea Labs, and, like, the music's blaring. It's just so, like, strikingly uh, different when she goes into, like, a normal room. Like, she goes into a room that looks like it's at my vet where I take my dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the lunch break room is what it looks like. Yeah, and it's it's just like, you know, 30 seconds of the movie. Maybe a minute because this is a slow movie. Um but it, like, shows her walking through, and then she goes back into, like, a, a plant room, <laughs> the gardens, and it's back to the, like, synthy dream-like area. I, I love those contrasts in this movie, because you get it again with uh, Barry when he's, like, killing these, uh, <laughs> I guess, stoner drunk dudes. <laughs> yeah, like metalheads or something. Yeah. And that was really tense, I thought, kind of, but... 
there's a few like strikingly different uh like vibes that this movie has and it kind of pulls you out of it it's like oh wow and then puts you back in do you guys notice when she was climbing across like the air duct or whatever that the the pipes that she was going across were the rainbow like each one was a different uh color of the rainbow oh really yeah there it is the title of the movie Title drop. Although I guess Barry does do a title drop for us. <laughs> he does, yeah. That's cool. I mean, just with the colors themselves that like they use for lighting, it's pretty much covers the whole basis of the rainbow. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. I saw that the cinematographer did cite like Daft Punk like music videos and Dario Argento. And that remember that George Lucas movie we watched, the THX one that was Yes, yes. THX one one three. I guess that was a huge influence. Like, the set was based on that. The cinematographer's, like, shot composition was based on that. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of that, actually. I was thinking about that this time watching it. And Solaris, apparently. Look at that. Solaris. I could see that. Some of the, like, spaceship stuff. Yeah, it feels like you're in a spaceship whenever he's just walking around the, like, Institute place. All those, like, doors with the buttons and... And it never gives you a clear picture what you're looking at, though, too, when they're doing that. So it's hard to know. I took them to be like astronauts of some sort, but they're like psychedelic knots, I guess. I don't know what they do. Sentinots, yeah, sentionots. They're like all in these red suits, and I assume they use them to dive into that goo or something. I don't know what they do with them. They never really tell you, but... I have a theory about them, but yeah, go ahead. Like, I'm just bringing up... There's some spacemen, but they're just not the typical spacemen. Um, did you guys watch to the end of the credits of this movie? Yeah. Nope. I think we're going to be on the same page here. There's a quick shot of the Sentinot, uh, but it's a toy. So I think all the weird, like, trippy dream stuff in this is them high out of their minds on different drugs. Because Barry's always taking drugs. Uh, unfortunately, um, Elena's her name, right? Yeah. Um, she is trapped there, and they've been, like, giving her drugs since she was at the, you know, born there, essentially. And I think they're, like, fried out of their minds. But I do think they seem to have some kind of powers, too, which is interesting. But I think most of those, like, trippy dreamlike sequences are actually dream sequences pretty much i think that toy at the end is basically hinting at that which also i think goes into what i think is the theme of the movie but i don't know if we're ready to get there yet I do think most of the institute probably looks like the way the uh, the old doctor who founded it his sad like movie theater room that's all like gross and ruined and stuff yeah i think most of the building probably looks like that but we're getting it from barry's you know, LSD-laced brain perspective. Because, like, why would it still, like, look like that and be super nice? Like, as far as we know, they only have the one patient. Well, they've got, like, a they have that weird zombie laying around. I figured they had a bunch of, like, people, but she was the only one who actually had any success whatsoever. Yeah, I think there's multiple ways you can, like, take this as well. Yeah, it's very vague. 
Yeah, because there's like a, a pyramid that gives Barry some kind of power, but he doesn't seem to actually like control control it. He has a dial that he like turns and it affects Elena. Whereas she appears to actually have powers. I think it's supposed to like dampen her power. Yeah, I thought they were connected somehow. Elena and the pyramid. But I don't know. We don't like learn anything about the pyramid. It just like shows up when they need it to. <laughs> yeah. But I will admit I do love me like a a shiny glowing shape of some sort. A power. I love that. Oh yeah. Pour some smoke over it. Mm. Get some synth in there. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some mysterious equilateral triangle looking thing that glows and I'm gonna love it. Yeah, it looks cool. But yeah, once she gets out of uh, the lab and gets away from it, she essentially kills uh, Barry in like the lamest way, but she does do it. Did she kill him or did he just trip? I think she was like holding him there with her powers. That's why he couldn't move. And then he kind of like tried to force it and trip and broke his neck on a rock. Yeah, that was, that was when they run out of money. Like, oh, we got to end it. <laughs> Let's have him trip and, and die. <laughs> Maybe. It does kind of fit. Such a lame freaking ending. I was like, come on. It's pretty anticlimactic. Yeah. But I think I kind of thought there was something to it, though, because the way he was talking to that woman who lives with him, I don't know who she is. And he's like, you're nothing. Your life is meaningless. It's just dust in the wind. And he kills her. Well, it turns out his life is just as meaningless because he just trips on a rock. Like, and it's like he has no grand purpose. He acts like he's the chosen one, but in reality, he's just as mortal as the rest of us. I think there is something to it with that, but I mean, it's still anticlimactic. Yeah, it, it's a cop out, is what it is at the end. Like, it's it's a cop out. They could have done what you were saying, Terry, in numerous other ways than what they did. But I think the point was to be just, it was that such a random thing that like he was just not special at all either. You know, it's just, it's supposed to feel like that. Have him get hit by a car or something, then that's be better at least. The whole thing I think is that he thought he was um, special and he thought he had powers and control, but he didn't. After he went through that like really weird scene where they like, May they crank up the exposure to like nine thousand. Oh, that was so which bad. <laughs> I I didn't like that, but I um I did watch this movie twice, and he was in that experiment, and after he came out of that, he thought he was like some kind of god or something. Like he was on drugs and tripping out, and after that, he just kind of like kept it going with the pills he was taking. And he has a line in there when he's uh, questioning Elena, talking about how he has this uh, alternate personality and it's what gives him his confidence, which he does eventually take on. But yeah, he doesn't, he's not special at all. He doesn't have any powers like she does. Are you saying he didn't bring home the mother load? No, he didn't. <laughs> bring home the mother load, Barry. <laughs> no. And his death does kind of fit with, like, there's all these, these, like, drastic cuts that take you out of 
you know, whatever dreamlike world you're in. And his death was kind of just like that. Like the music got super intense and then, you know, click, he's dead. So it did like fit with other things in the movie, but it does kind of feel lame. I agree with that. Well, we brought up the high contrast scene, so we might as well get it all out there. I actually like that scene, but... I'm with you, TV. I mean, I could take it or leave it, but I'd rather take it. Yeah, I loved it when he's crawling out of the pit, and it's just that, like, black against the just pure white. It looks so cool. It's so gnarly. He's so goopy. I loved it. I thought it was really cool. The contrast is so high, you can't tell what's going on. Yeah, you can tell he's crawling out of the pit. Yeah, at the end there, but the rest of it's like, they could have achieved that. They could have achieved that without having to blind me, too. <laughs> I don't know. There wasn't much else to see, really. Once he gets in the pit, we get a bunch of psychedelic, trippy-looking stuff, and then he crawls out, and it's, it looks so cool. Yeah, but they don't have to try and hurt me to get that across. <laughs> <laughs> I think it looks cool, but it's really hard to tell what's going on. Um for most of it because essentially they had some kind of experiment and Barry crawled into this pit and when he came back out of it he killed Elena's mom also the like founder's wife I'm assuming so yeah well yeah because he says uh, something about it later on but like I had to look up some stuff and read about it to figure out what the heck actually happened in there and I think it would have been cooler if it was shorter, but for me, it was just too long. There's some cool scenes and imagery, yeah, but for me, it was a little too, like, contrast to the rest of the movie. Gotcha. That's probably one of my favorite parts, just him going into the goop. Like, that was just so cool to me. That's such a cool idea, like, yes, we'll look within ourselves to find true enlightenment, and then when they finally do look within themselves, they find this horrifying, scary, like, <laughs> weird... It's just, ugh, it's just, it's just bizarre. Is that what that was supposed to be? Mm-hmm. That's, like, their whole goal of that company is to, like, achieve enlightenment, and so that's what they're trying to do. I wasn't sure what was going on, if they were going to some other dimension or something like that. I wasn't, I didn't know. It's like based on that whole wave of psychedelic transcendentalism that like came out. I don't like, you can still kind of find those. And there's a guy running around now who does that, who's building the landing sites for when, you know, the ascended overlords land to recolonize the earth. So like, it's definitely based on real organizations that somehow make money and do that exact thing. Yeah, he's on some pretty strong drugs in that experiment thing, so... Well, I figured, because they gave him that whatever that was before he hopped into Goop. Yeah, I mean, he could be in another dimension, but they're, well, the whole goal is to try to figure out what the enlightenment is, what's, like, you know, the purest form of themselves and all that, and what they find is horrifying and drives the man insane, so... <laughs> well, they did something, right, because they gave Elena power. Yeah, she's not doing too hot either, so, I mean... Well, because think... they screwed her up. Well, I think this kind of brings in to what I think is, like, the main theme of the movie. Like, it's got psychedelics on, like, a, a theme of this. It's, these people are all kind of drugged up, in my opinion. And I think the movie's saying, hey, you can do these, but don't cross the black rainbow like Barry does. And you're going to go insane and essentially become a different person if you do. 
Don't go too far with it, yeah. Yeah, like you can do these things, but if you take it too far, you're going to cross, you know, a metaphorical black rainbow, (laughs) and that's too far, and you're essentially in Wizard of Oz land now, which Barry is. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That makes sense to me. And I think that's a cool theme that this movie has. Um, that's like on first viewing of it, it, it's a boring, slow movie. But when you like kind of read about it and look more into it, I think that's what he's trying to get across. And I think most of this movie takes part in like a dream. What's the point of Elena then? And like her telekinesis and stuff. I don't know. And that's one of, that's one of my like problems with this movie is because the most interesting stuff and the coolest shots are with her in it and she's not even in the movie we know nothing about her really she's the daughter of the arboreus yeah that that's what we know but they don't ever say how she gets powers do they well just from being dipped in that stuff i assume that's what i guess too but they don't show us or tell us i guess well they have the thing where the the like secretary finds that book and obviously they gave birth to her um because the last shot is like of female genitals <laughs> um i thought that was what they're planning on doing with her yeah yeah like for the guy to ascend he had to like have sex with her or something and then like his mind would expand and become well like all them pictures and stuff maybe i don't know and that's why Niall was real interested in her was because she was she had to be groomed to um so he could use her to ascend or whatever i i took it as the experiments that essentially created elena it could be that too they 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 just don't tell us there's a lot of stuff that's like left to interpretation that's ambiguous which is cool but i think there needed to be some more concrete info about elena <laughs> so i was doing some reading on this one and i guess the the director cosmatos said that this was kind of like a therapeutic exercise for him after his parents died cuz i guess he the dad died and he fell into real bad alcoholism and drug use and then his mom died and it got even worse. So this was like, he just recently got out of it, I guess, this whole thing. So I kind of felt like maybe Elena represents him and Barry is, you know, psychedelics and drugs, the control exerted over him by that. But obviously you'd have to, you know, do some post-reading to, you know, the film itself would not give that information. Ah, so he went over his black rainbow and he's getting back out yeah i think it's kind of what his aim was with this movie and story i like that that's pretty cool yeah that makes sense to me it's a good idea but he contradicts that thing so much like especially with elena just choosing to leave that's not exactly how that works if you're recovering from addiction i mean some people can do it but the vast majority need help doesn't usually something have to click in your head? Like when you want to recover, you know, you got to make the decision to want to get better, right? And he definitely does pursue her out of the Institute. I mean, he chases her around for a while. Yeah, that's true. 
And also there were some cuts of like her and like the triangle. I feel like. I feel like there was some weird connection. She like decided to use her powers on that or something. I don't know. They don't tell you, obviously, but <laughs> that was a little confusing. <laughs> it's way too vague. Like, I mean, it's a fine line between being ambiguous and then just leaving out crucial details you need to actually form a coherent story and narrative and i think this falls into the latter yeah i would agree actually like i like ambiguous stuff generally but i think this is a lot more ambiguous than it needs to be there's not enough solid story to keep it afloat even if the imagery is cool that's just i don't know yeah it's it's hard to stay invested even how, how even if it's so cool looking like i can look at the screen and be like wow that was cool but then also be like but I still don't really understand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just looking at Mandy, right? That one's got a very clear-cut story. It's not really ambiguous, and it it's much better narratively. It's like he still manages to achieve his weird psychedelic, like, tone or whatever. I, I'm not a fan. I, I'll just say I'm not a fan of when directors do this dream psychedelic-like thing or try to achieve it in their movies. I don't like it at all. It just annoys me and takes me right out. I didn't like Mandy. I wanted to, but I I hated it because they did that the whole time. Like, it was noise the entire time and, like, weird visuals and weird frame rates and all kinds of stuff. It just... Like, I just want to focus on the, the dang movie and watch Nick Cage kill people with an axe, right? I don't want to get all this weird psychedelic stuff. It just takes me right out. And like it's weird because I think I think Mandy's the better movie of the two, but I like Beyond the Black Rainbow more because it it does that a little bit, but it doesn't do it as much as Mandy did. What? Really? Yeah, we were talking about the um the the colors and all the shot composition and stuff like that. This one, like I didn't feel like it was a dream the entire time like with Mandy. Um but they do do a lot of things with weird frame rates, especially when Elena uses her powers, which I I hated that effect. And then they have a ton of strobing lights on the stuff and i hated that too i was like this movie's trying to give me a seizure yeah i got that vibe too sometimes <laughs> i get it's a stylistic choice but at the same time it takes you out of it too because it's like <sighs> i think it's a very um subjective thing because yeah I, i'll agree with that <laughs> i love those parts of this movie like there was the the scenes towards the end when Barry's like cruising in his car and the lighting and the music is going like it's got that delay on the synth it's like doom 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 I was I love those shots those shots are so stinking cool that's and, the like, tamest it gets when he's in the car he's just driving in the car and then the road slowly disappears that's fine like, that's not what I didn't like. I didn't like when they had the deep red and then it just starts strobing at me or when it's like, you know, when she uses her powers and the frame rate goes bonkers <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I'm just saying I, I get you completely, but I like some of that stuff. Not all of it. I don't like the exposure, like, <laughs> experiment scene a, 
a ton, but uh, when he like does go into what I'm just gonna call the other dimension, it has that really like weird clouds and like the skeleton that's melting and stuff. I like that. Oh yeah. Um, it's it's cool and it's interesting, but I can definitely see how people would not like this movie. I personally like it too, but the style at least, but. Yeah, like there's some cool, like weird, trippy stuff with the yeah editing where she like her. You see like her. I don't know. You see two versions of her. One's like faded out that walks forward, and then but her like self is still standing behind her, and then she walks into it or something. It's a weird editing trick. Stuff like that I thought was really cool, but I do think maybe the flashing lights were a bit much sometimes because my brain was just like ugh. But for the most part, I think the style itself is was something I really like, which I don't really like that about Mandy as well. But at least with Mandy, I had like an emotional connection. I kind of like got the characters and knew there was a, 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 a simple plot with that was littered with a bunch of weird psychedelic stuff in between. I do very much think this is his like first, you know, experimental outing. I mean, he's seeing what works. He's testing stuff, you know, just like George Lucas's THX that it's based on. He's definitely figuring it out and then refining and having five million extra dollars for Mandy. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. I can definitely see like a progression from Black Rainbow to Mandy where he's definitely improved and kind of added some new elements that might make it more palatable for more people, I guess, but still keeping his <laughs> stylistic <Maybe>. integrity. <laughs> I mean, Mandy was a pretty big hit, honestly, like was when it, it came out. People were talking about it like crazy. Yeah. I saw it all over the place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People on the internet go nuts for it, yeah. I must have missed all that. It was a big deal, so like, yeah, whatever he did worked. I've I've seen it on Reddit a bunch, too, where people like, yeah, this is a movie that you take some sort of drug and you watch it. (laughs) This guy's movies do have, like, that dream-like kind of experimental, um, you know, aspect to them. And I, I like that about him. I'd say this one's more experimental and Mandy's more dreamlike. And that's that's why I like Beyond the Black Rainbow more, even though I think Mandy is better in every regard than this one is, but I like this one more cuz I really I really don't like that dream style he goes for in Mandy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely not for everybody. I completely get it. <laughs> The first, like, half of this movie when I watched it the first time, I was kind of, like, bored. And I didn't really get what was going on. But then it kind of, like, clicked for me. And I was like, oh, all right, I'm getting it now. I'm on board. And when Elena starts exploring the facility is the best part of this movie, I think. And I wanted more of that. Um, So, like, I am talking this movie up a lot. But there are some things that, yeah, I don't like a ton about it. I would have been happy if the whole movie was just Elena decides to leave the Institute and then she just finds a bunch of weird crap trying to leave the Institute. Like when she goes into the worm man's place. That's what I put in as my notes. I don't know. <laughs> the worm man? Is <laughs> the that the worm zombie man Because he's in the straight jackets trying to inch over to bite her or whatever. Uh, that was kind of lame. I thought it was freaky. I thought it was freaky, too, because of the music and the colors and, like, how slow they're going. It's like, oh, she he's going to bite her ankle. Because, like, I want her to get out. It does the characters good, I think. 
this is a, a terrible tangent, but <laughs> I got it up. I wasn't bored really in this because the characters like Barry is such like his actor who who played him, Michael Rogers. But man, he did a good job as Barry in this. Like you could just tell that he was so like resentful and had so much scorn for everybody that he was working with or living with except Elena. And like, it was great. And then, um, poor old Elena, Eva Bourne. I think this was her first movie. Man, she did good too, even though she only spoke like two times like just her facial expressions and stuff you felt so bad for her and you just wanted her to get out of there and get away they kept me invested just them two actors pretty much i agree dane there's a scene where elena like is when she's escaped the the institute the lab and she's like walking through like mud and like nasty stuff like any normal person would be like i'm not stepping in that but she's like stepping in it and loving it she's like oh my god this is amazing that was such a cool scene and with the music in the background oh i was loving that yeah yeah just them them characters were great and i think i don't know i think it would have been cool to see her explore more of the institute and then like have barry like on her heels trying to catch her and stuff like that i think i would have preferred that over what we got i agree i don't think they had the budget to do this though <laughs> probably um, not because essentially they had the budget to like set up a couple sets it looked like and that was probably it they're cool sets I, d I don't have any complaints with the acting i think all the performances are really good in this um, especially Barry, I think he's really, really good. Yeah, like you were saying, you get a lot of different vibes from him, which is kind of cool, because, you know, yeah, I, I feel like he's jealous of Elena, like, because she actually does have these powers, and, you know, he thinks he's the chosen one, but I think he still is, like, she's the only one here who, you know, has got actual proof of her, you know, enlightenment or something, and all I got was a bald and creepy <laughs> eyeballs. <laughs> he's the most interesting one for me. I, I do love it whenever he's on screen. You can just tell he's, yeah, every other every person he talks to, he is just, ugh, he can like taste the the anger and resentment. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it, it's so cool to see him like kind of struggling with his identity, it seems like. And then when he does become Leatherman um, and, like, pulls out his contacts and puts different eyes in, you know. I think those are his normal eyes, yeah. Uh, it was cool, whatever it was. But he, like, accepts himself at that point. And he's such an unnerving character, and he's the main character of this, essentially. Doesn't he? He goes by two different names in this, too. When he's in the room and they're about to put him in the thing, they're calling him Niles. But then after that, they call him Barry from then on. His last name is Niall. Right. But 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 I, that just goes into like the duality of him, his two different versions. Before was Niles and afterwards is Barry. Like they, there's no reason why they would suddenly change that, but, you know, but it's just like a little bit of symbolism or something, you know, which I think is cool. I really like that. So I, I feel like we got to talk about the music. What did you guys think? I absolutely loved it. I've been listening to a couple of the songs on the soundtrack like while I work. Oh, I like it too. 
the song during the recruitment video at the start, which I loved that recruitment video. That was awesome. It's like straight up culty, like it 70s cult. Was. It was. Uh, that's not, well, you know, I loved it. It was, I found it amusing, not because it, like a cult or recruitment video i found it amusing because of how well they pulled it off that the music during that part was awesome i loved it and then like there's some other tracks during it that i liked a lot too there's a couple i wasn't a big fan of but i don't remember them honestly but that track and there's like one other one that was awesome and i loved it the Sentinots theme, and like, uh, if you look it up on Spotify, it's called the main theme. That's the one where he's driving, and it's got the the synth that's like boom, 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 like with the delay on it. Oh, those are my favorite. They're so good. You know, this did give me like a music video vibe. I'd almost prefer if it was like a five minute long music video, but just a bunch of cool trippy visuals. This would definitely be the title of, of a concept album. Like even the poster looks like artwork from a concept album. So I do have a half-baked theory about this movie, and I, I've literally put no thought into this, but I just want to hear your reaction to this. <laughs> I See love what it. you think. Is there any basis to this at all? Is there some sort of message or comment in this movie about like the 60s era hippy-dippy stuff and like transition to the 70s, 80s? I think the director said that it's a criticism of, like, hippies who were like, yes, psychedelics can save the world and make us transcend. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm glad I was right. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I can definitely see that with the the message I got from this as well. So It's like with the time jumps between the 60s and the 70s, you know, it's like they go and try to find this enlightenment. It turns out maybe that wasn't the best thing to do. And <laughs> it goes horribly wrong. This guy puts on leather, which seems like a very 80s style. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it looked like an 80s film. Yeah. I mean, the clothes he was wearing were like kind of more 60s, 70s before that. I'm just saying, I think there's something there. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I'm open to all interpretations because I couldn't figure one out. I was just like, this dude, these people are trying to send to be a god, essentially, and they, like, did some ritual that made Elena happen to get powers, and then they need to have sex with her so they could ascend because she has powers or something. That's what I got out of it. I didn't get any deeper meanings when I watched it. The quote, or the paraphrase, I guess I've got from Cosmatos here is, the boomers' search for an alternative belief system made them dabble in the dark side of occultism, which in turn corrupted their quest for spiritual enlightenment. Ah, nice. I like that. Yeah, fits. Um, I think this movie is kind of difficult to get on the first watch. I think you have to spend some time like thinking about it. And I looked up a couple of like video analysis of this and then i watched it again and i was like oh okay yeah i really like certain parts of this even the first time i loved everything from when she started exploring the facility after that but this is a long movie yes it is. And long. it feels it too oh it my does. goodness <laughs> how long was mandy i think it's about the same 
looks like Bandy's slightly longer, maybe about ten minutes longer. Yeah, this is the second time I've watched it too, and I do feel like I could appreciate it more than the first time. It gets better on future viewings, I think, but yeah, I don't know. It still did feel like kind of a slog at, at times for me. Some things are definitely like really long and drawn out, like him beating on his clipboard and <laughs> just some oh. early scenes like that. And I'm glad you brought that up. I love the sound design in those early scenes where they're talking using the microphones in the rooms. Oh, he sounds so creepy. Yes. Like the Foley work for that pen plus the like stereo mic filter. Oh, it just sounded cool. Yeah, for sure. I've got a theory. You think they even taught Elena how to speak? Doesn't really seem like it. She does with her mind um, in a scene, but she never, like, says anything. Like, just as a person, you know, just talking. And it, it could be they just had it in English so we would know when she talks with her mind, too. She might just be just, like, feelings or thoughts or things like that they might have done that on purpose yeah because they wanted her to like you know use their psychic powers or something interesting yeah that's a good one i hadn't even thought of that that's interesting something else to bring up too which is i found interesting anyways um i had the subtitles on for this and man the what the subtitles for this were really good like did anybody else watch it with them i did yeah yeah i did like it was nuts like whenever it would play music or somebody was breathing or the telephone was ringing it was like extremely descriptive on what was going on niall comes in after after elaine has left and he's like <laughs> I don't know, wallowing on the bed. <laughs> the subtitles were like disgruntled grunting or like like <laughs> very like distraught like breathing or something like that. It was like that the whole movie. They were so good. I think these are the best subtitles I've seen in a film. When that zombie thing was gnawing on the glass, it was really good too there where it was like <laughs> gnawing uselessly on the glass with no sound <laughs> it was awesome i was like i was getting a kick out of just reading their descriptions yeah. for the things happening <laughs> i was honestly picking up more with by reading the side titles from some of like the characters emotions and stuff just because it was like telling me what the size actually meant and everything <laughs> yeah it was awesome <laughs> Now I've forgotten what I was going to bring up next. <laughs> That's okay. It'll probably come back to you in overall presentation. Are we ready for that? I'm ready. I think so. What's the scale, TV? We have a scale. That's right. We have one that goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. We all give a little spiel, and then we try to average out our scores at the end. So who knows where we'll land? Yeah. I'll use a pun somebody else said. Will this go beyond the black rainbow, or will it sink to the bottom of the gooey pit? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, speaking of gooey pits, uh, so this movie did <laughs> give me some flashbacks about time. You know, I went to this institution for a while, 
Um, and they were really preaching about enlightenment and like trying to find yourself. And I thought, you know, that sounded kind of cool. So I was doing some of their programs and eventually I rose to the ranks and they told me I was ready to, to go diving into the psychedelic realms and find myself. It's like, all right, all right, cool. Well, I'm glad I get to be the first guy to do this. And they're like, oh, no, no. We've already had a few people to do this, actually. Um, And our first was Mike. And I was like, what? <laughs> so. Um, you found me out. That's how I watched this movie. after I went beyond the black rainbow. <laughs> for, for payback for being the chosen one, Mike, I'm making you go first this time. <laughs> okay. Um. So, you know, the first time I watched this movie, I was kind of conflicted about it. I didn't exactly know everything that was going on, but I did like the vibe, the aesthetic, the sound design, the the music, the score. I thought that was amazing. And I started looking up some stuff about it, and then I watched it again. I picked up on all these things that other people had picked up on, and I was like, wow, there's some really cool elements and, like, story things in this movie not all of it is amazing it's really long movie it's really slow in some spots um some of the things that i wish were in it more aren't but i really do like what we got and there's not a ton of these like weird dreamy 80s vibe sci-fi movies out there and the scenes in this movie that I love, like him driving in the car with the synth or Elena exploring like the Institute, the labs are so cool that I would buy this movie just for that, you know, to kick back and watch those every once in a while. So buy it from Mike. You know, I almost feel bad. Like, I just don't even feel like I can review this movie objectively. You know, I mean, I see all your flaws and I recognize their flaws, but they don't even matter. I just love this so much. It's insane. Like I said, it was like being at a concert. It was like being in a music video. I love everything about this movie. I gotta say, I mean, the music, the aesthetic, ugh, the sound work, the acting. I think there's a lot of good, well, interesting <laughs> messages in there. And some good ones. Some scary ones. I think this is, you know, a guy's freshman film. I, he's definitely built up some techniques and refined himself since like with mandy but this in itself is a fantastic work and i gotta give it a buy i could watch this over and over and over give me that like steel book with a vinyl soundtrack special edition director's cut because man i would buy that <laughs> yeah yeah the style is really what kind of keeps me invested in this movie um if anything, like it, it is such a cool movie to watch just for that. I mean, literally watch, I guess, just to see the scenes. Um, the music's cool, too. I really like the music, but I just the plot is really there's not enough there for me. I do think there's like deeper layers and meanings to it if you want to dissect it, which is cool. But I don't know. I have more fun talking about it than actually watching it because it does just drag. If it's like almost two hours, I think they could have shortened this down. I'd almost rather this be just kind of like an extended music video or something and just watch that with all the cool visuals and the cool music. And then it doesn't have to really worry about the plot because, I mean, the plot, it's kind of there, but it's just there's not enough for me to gravitate towards. Um, I, I do like that this director has a kind of a style to him and he kind of has seems like he's refining it as he goes. 
because I really love Mandy a lot. So, I mean, I'll always probably watch his movies if they keep up in this vein because I do I do like the psychedelic style. But for this one, I'm gonna give it a pass. I think I I don't know. I would say just skip it and go to Mandy if you're at all curious in the watching something by this guy. But it is interesting. I think there's some cool stuff, but it's just not enough to to keep me really excited about watching it at least. Yeah, I'm with Terry on this one. Um, this ain't no Kubrick, that's for sure. I mean, I've been har- harping on the style that I don't care for on this one a whole lot. But, you know, I love me 2001 A Space Odyssey. I don't necessarily like comparing this to that, but I mean, he does he does harken back to some parts of that movie for sure. But I think what makes them work in... 2001 is the strength of the storytelling through the visuals alone in that movie whereas this one yeah there's a lot of cool visuals and stuff but it really doesn't do much for the narrative or the plot at all it's just there to look cool which is fine but when the rest of the movie is like so has such little narrative going through it that that kind of creates a problem. Like we said earlier, this one's an extremely vague movie, but it's, it's missing what it needs to have to get a good plot across. And I mean, he's even fixed that with Mandy, um, eight years later or whatever. Right. So I'm with Terry kind of like, I don't I don't like either of these, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> if Dang. if I was gonna recommend one, I'd be like, go watch Mandy, because it does <laughs> everything this one does better, but it, it it it's it's such a weird style. Like he definitely's got it down and people like it, which is fine, but I'm I'm not a fan. It just annoys me more than anything else, just because it's like style over substance, right? It's what it feels like to me. And then especially in this one with like all the the trying to injure the viewer, it feels like at some points. I I've been facetious with that, of course, but it, I, I use it to point out what I didn't like, right? This one's very experimental, very pretentious at times too. It feels like I'm not big. I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm gonna give it a pass as well. Like it's not a terrible film, but but a lot of it is subjective with this guy's movies. Gotcha. So I think that's what a watch it is. What it evens out to be. Yeah, I guess it lands in the middle. Beyond the Black Rainbow, watch it. (laughs) I can accept that. It is an interesting movie, if anything. I'm very conflicted on it, obviously. It's the same with Mandy. It's the same with Mandy. I was very conflicted on it, and then ended up deciding I didn't really care for it (laughs) too much, which is too bad. Like I want to like this guy's movies, but I just don't like his style. (laughs) <laughs> good for him for sticking with it he knows what he likes to make and you know we need more directors like that they're just gonna make what they want that he does him and Zoller would be an interesting interview to watch them talk about their movies so who's next who's picking next you gotta pick fox by chance 
So I think next time we're going to go down a little memory lane trip from old Fox. I watched this one, geez, I don't know, over a decade ago, late at night with my father. He slept through it, but I stayed awake. It was on AMC <laughs> oh. or something. <laughs> you know, and I remember it being like one of the darkest movies I had seen at that point in young Fox's life. But I'm, I'm not entirely sure it's going to hold up. I, I really don't remember it all that well. Dark City. We're going to we're going to visit Dark City, baby. It does sound pretty dark. Looking at this guy's movies. He's got Dark City, The Crow, and then he's also got Ooh. Gods of Egypt and Knowing, which oh, Knowing no. is one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen. Oh no. But he also did The Crow, so people like The Crow a lot. In the meantime, if any of your listeners out there want to get in contact with us, hit us up. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Run the Real, or you can email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. I want to know what you think about Beyond the Black Rainbow. It's a weird movie, so any thoughts and opinions are welcome. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so do it. All right, yeah, be sure to get in contact with us. We'd really love to hear from you, especially about this movie, because we were kind of divided on it. So let us know what you think. <laughs> Please do. But uh, be sure to tune in next week for Dark City. This is Run the Real, signing off. It's on Amazon, I do, because I don't know what it is. I feel like out of all the streaming services, Amazon has the worst audio mixes for the stuff. Maybe it's a firmware issue with how they transmit to your speakers. Could be a lot of things. Yeah, it's like how like Twitter will like condense your sound and stuff too, and or YouTube will, that kind of stuff. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I think Amazon might do something like that. Just speculation. But it's like, I have watched a lot of movies on all of these platforms, and Amazon's is the worst by far. <laughs> <laughs> you need to start an investigation on this, Dan. You need to start digging. I'm certain there's a nerd on Stack Overflow who's just waiting for you to ask this question. <laughs> Somebody knows out there. <laughs> Jeff Bezos himself. We'll have to go to the top. Nah, he left. He's leaving. It's why he left. He knew Dan was on to him. <laughs> Dan was hot on his heels. <laughs> I've got you, Bezos. I know you have crappy compression. <laughs> That's why he's going to space. <laughs> Can't get me up there. <laughs> he's going to go beyond oh, the black gosh. rainbow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dan will go dip himself in goo if it takes getting his hands on Jeff. Man. <laughs> I get better audio, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, um, I, now I've forgotten what I was going to bring up next. <laughs> <laughs>